You are listening to a recording provided for the use of the blind and print impaired. Materials or items read on Airs LA are the copyright property of the original authors and publishers. No unauthorized use or duplication is permitted. Hello, I'm Don Leary. Welcome to this podcast of articles from Women's Health, a presentation of Airs LA. Today's article is by Lauren Krauss from the July 2022 edition. In the Limelight It's been nearly 50 years since the discovery of Lyme disease, yet the diagnosis path has remained a total blur for many. Now, a pandemic-sparked shift in empathy is changing how the medical field cares for this group, giving chronic illness warriors a hopeful future. Ask Rebecca Nizol, 34, about life before Lyme, and she remembers bounding around with infinite energy. A life coach and yoga instructor, she packed her schedule with hikes, Pilates workouts, client calls, meetups with friends, and weekend getaways. Then, in July 2020, she felt something change. It started with neck pain and headaches. At first, she brushed them off as side effects of sitting in a car for hours on a road trip from Chicago to Colorado to visit family. Over the next few weeks, though, she continued to develop flu-like symptoms. It was the early months of the pandemic, so her immediate thought was COVID. But tests kept coming back negative. She couldn't practice yoga for a month. I was in bed 20 hours a day, she says. Her doctor suspected loneliness and pandemic-related anxiety. But her gut told her this was different. Something more physical, never-ending. She wouldn't learn that she was battling Lyme disease for more than a year when she connected with a Lyme-literate doctor and her labs confirmed it. Brittany Berry of Utah faced a similarly confusing crisis last summer. Given that she was a self-described healthy, fit 32-year-old woman, at the time, doctors chalked up the muscle aches, fatigue, and shortness of breath to long COVID, a term for the phenom of health problems continuing long after someone tests positive for the virus. She had COVID in February 2021. One MD blamed post-pregnancy changes, while another told her to see a counselor. Fast forward to January 2022, when she found a doctor who did blood work that pointed to Lyme that had likely gone undetected for years. Parallel Experiences A coincidence that these women's diagnoses came when they did? Maybe. But just like Nizole and Barry, many who've been impacted by long COVID, Lyme, or even both in the past few years, are realizing they're telling a similar story. There's been a shift in empathy for chronic illness and autoimmune patients who are stuck in a cycle of nonspecific symptoms that medical experts don't totally know what to do with says Nazole, who is still managing Lyme today.
despite many yet-to-be-solved mysteries. We'll get into those. Physicians and patients alike can agree the suffering is real, as is the serious change in perspective, says Robert Kalish, MD, a rheumatologist and the director of the Lyme Disease Clinic at Tufts Medical Center. The pandemic helped people grasp the idea that you can get an infection, kill the initial cause, and still suffer lasting consequences from damage that's been done, even if it's difficult to detect or understand, he says. When you're sick, you crave validation. Recognition gives you a better chance at care, not to mention dignifies your reality. There's a lot of similarity in experience between long haulers and folks with chronic illnesses like mine being misunderstood or misdiagnosed, Nizol says. I might not have what you have, but I relate and deeply empathize. Diagnosis Dilemma More compassion is huge. But it doesn't erase the fact that Lyme is the most common tick-borne infection in the U.S., with an estimated 476,000 new cases each year, although only an estimated 35,000 get reported annually because of how difficult it is to diagnose. Since 1991, the prevalence of Lyme has nearly doubled as deer ticks, the main carriers of the disease, have expanded their territory. What's more, increasing temps are expected to up Lyme cases by more than 20% between 2036 and 2065, a recent study found. So, yes, a very real and growing threat, yet Lyme has been steeped in controversy pretty much since it was discovered in the 70s. For one thing, there's no perfect test. False negatives and positives happen often, which makes getting a correct diagnosis a challenge. Not every positive person shows the one telltale symptom, a bullseye-shaped rash either. Nozol and Barry have no recollection of one. Further complicating the path to an accurate diagnosis is that Lyme, nicknamed the Great Imitator, can look like a bunch of other conditions, such as multiple sclerosis, depression, fibromyalgia, or a general viral infection. Nizol faced multiple misdiagnoses as her symptoms escalated to brain fog, blurry vision, bouts of numbness in limbs, and gaps in memory, as the months rolled on without answers. I felt like a shell of a human, she says. My vibrancy was gone. Joy left my body. Long-haul life. If and when you get a definitive read, the fight doesn't necessarily stop there. With speedy detection and treatment, typically a four-week or longer course of antibiotics, the infection is usually easy to resolve at first. But for many, including Nazol, symptoms live on. In August 2021, just over a year after her symptoms first emerged, and still desperate to find a doctor who really understood, 
she searched online for specialists in her area. This time, she visited Casey Kelly, MD, a family and integrative medicine physician. Dr. Kelly ran a slew of tests and diagnosed Nazole with chronic Lyme. Just when you thought things couldn't get trickier. The diagnosis most commonly given is post-treatment Lyme disease syndrome, or PTLDS. But some doctors go so far as to use the term chronic Lyme disease, though this is not a diagnosis recognized by the National Institutes of Health. That's because in one camp, you have pros who question the legitimacy of this term that indicates an ongoing infection, citing human studies that show meds are effective in killing bacteria that cause Lyme. On the other side are docs like Dr. Kelly, who believe chronic Lyme is real, even if it's unclear why it happens. She points to studies that suggest a long-term infection remains. Whatever you call it, this much is not controversial. There's no proven effective treatment for persistent Lyme, says Lyndon Hu, MD, a professor of immunology at Tufts University School of Medicine. Depending on your doctor, solutions could involve meds, supplements, and or anti-inflammatory diet. A two steps forward, one slide back kind of situation, Nazole says. Health on the horizon. The reassuring news is that real advancement is underway. In the past few years, tens of millions of dollars have been dedicated to combating Lyme. Researchers at Columbia University are working on brain imaging studies to better understand symptoms like chronic fatigue and pain that come with the infection. And progress for one chronic illness means progress for others. Long COVID patients are being treated with many of the same interventions that have worked for persistent Lyme symptoms. The similarities in how these diseases impact the immune system are becoming evident, Dr. Kelly says. The patient awareness and advocacy will continue to grow from here, she says. We're going to see new preventative measures to help people get their lives back faster. One-on-one -on -one connections with people with a persistent illness, Lyme, long COVID, MS, you name it, can be a saving grace, adds Nazole. She exchanged DMs via Instagram with people who helped her find podcasts and advocacy groups. Months into treatment, Nazole is pushing herself to stay active again and remains optimistic. I'm not going to ignore the hard parts or minimize them, she says, but with more understanding, more empathy, there is hope. Right on. Caption, End Zone Ahead. Game-changing innovations to defeat the disease are in the pipeline. Two promising developments. Vaccines are coming. A shot being tested in guinea pigs, thank you Yale researchers, triggers an immune reaction to a tick bite that helps get the bug to detach, inhibits its ability to feed from you, and reduces transmission of the pathogen. 
Another candidate, from Valneva and Pfizer, works by killing bacteria in the bloodsuckers. Early studies indicate the prick is safe, and you might be able to get it as soon as 2025. Scientists have a deadline in mind. Researchers at Tufts University set the lofty goal of eradicating Lyme by 2030. The best chance for making sure no one gets Lyme is to hit it where it lives, in the mice, birds, and ticks in the field, says Lyndon Hu, MD, co-director of the initiative. His team is testing a bait-delivered drug that targets Lyme and wild mice in Massachusetts, followed by sites in other states, to have all key target areas covered within the next five years. Cool. That brings us to the end of today's article, In the Limelight. If you'd like to find out more about Airs LA and the types of programs we offer, follow us by clicking on any of the social media links at the top of our web pages. If you like what you see or hear, please click that button. This podcast is for the sole use of our blind, low vision, and print-impaired listeners. Any unauthorized use is prohibited. I'm Don Leary, and I'll be back soon with another article. Thank you for listening.